Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh, uh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Monday morning with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Kaplan to talk about, including Jesse Rogers from the desert coming up at 835 with the latest on the Cubs and Sox and anything else, Major League Baseball. But first, we start here because it, well, all this conversation about Caleb Williams and how Caleb Williams could be drafted by the Chicago Bears with the number one pick, we have to think about there's also in our city already a number one pick that's already in a Chicago uniform, and that's Connor Bedard of the Chicago Blackhawks. What about him? Yeah, I got to be honest with you, Hoodie. I watched some hockey this weekend. I was mm-hmm. going to watch a train wreck of a NBA All-Star game. Uh, but watching all of that and seeing Connor Bedard in a Blackhawks uniform, what a dumb decision to draft that guy. Uh, what do you mean? They should have traded the generational prospect for a haul and build the roster around Philip Kurashev and whoever else, uh-huh. Soderblom and Peter Morazic. Yeah. Not. Let me just tell you something right now. Yeah. I'm watching that kid with the birdcage around his face because of the jaw. Yes. He's got the big birdcage on to protect him. He gets an assist the first game back. There's a buzz. There's excitement in the building. He gets a goal in the win over the Ottawa Senators. And I said to my son, dumb decision to draft him. Dad, I love Connor Bedard, says Brett. Mm-hmm. No. We absolutely, we should have just <laughs> built around a bunch of guys. Nobody knows who they are. Lucas Reichel and whoever else is on the roster. Seth Jones is on the roster. Right. Eh? Yeah. And the hell with taking the generational prospect. Dro- drop down and build it for the hall of prospects and picks. Stop yourself. I'm more convinced than ever this morning. You better get your number 13 jerseys if that's the number he chooses to wear. Because Caleb Williams is coming. So you're, That's my opinion. So you're saying that, hey, look at the Blackhawks. And, of course, because of this young man, there's no question that Bedard is the apple of everyone's eye. As he was being drafted, people thought, oh, my God, the Blackhawks are going to set their generation, you know, their generational talent up, and they're going to set their franchise up for the next decade plus. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be like, "Wow, you're gonna get this guy. This guy will be the tip of the spear to be able to remodel and reshape and reform this Blackhawks franchise." And so people thought, "Well, I wish that was me." I mean, my hockey friends were like, "Well, you guys have someone that's gonna be really special. He's a kid now, but he's gonna be really special." We talked. We've been through Taves and Kane. We've been through the championship years, but imagine him now. Imagine the day that the NHL draft happens and the Blackhawks get rid of that kid and they say no we're going to train him for a lot of different veterans a bunch of scrap heap veterans could you imagine that could you imagine what the outcry right. would be if gary bettman had come to the podium and said chicago blackhawks are on the clock and we have a trade Boo. chicago has traded the number one pick to the minnesota wild for their 11th pick their 2025 2026 number one picks and two good veterans what are you, stupid out there? Right. You crazy? You take the best of you the best. You take the star. Yep. And if they evaluate Caleb Williams like many in the NFL are, I'm not talking about players, I'm not talking about Rex Ryan sitting on the set who hasn't watched Caleb Williams play. I'm talking about like the guys that do this for a living. 
They break down every prospect. They do all the homework. If they say, that's the dude, you run to the podium right now. You start running to Detroit. Yeah, I'm high. I'm with the Chicago Bears. I'm the equipment manager, Tony Medlin. I'm getting the honor to hand the pick in. Yeah, I'm here. Here for what? The draft. Draft isn't until April 25th, sir. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm waiting. I've got the card. It says Caleb Williams on it. Kaleeb. You do not move that kid if your homework tells you he's the guy. Yes. The Connor Bedard uh, parallel is interesting because I know the people are listening. It's like, well, this guy's just a, a baby, Connor Bedard, versus Caleb Williams, who's been in, in co- it's not. It's the same thing. Because we're talking about difference-making talent on the level that they played in. Right. So, and so that's why it's, it's the same when you say that. It, the excitement level will be off the charts on draft night. Chicago Bears select Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. And they start showing all those highlights. And you hear whoever it is, Kuyper or this one or that one going, Okay, he's the best prospect I've evaluated in more than a decade at that position. And this is a great moment for the Bears. If you out there are crying still and are upset because Justin's no longer here and he won't be, then you're not a Bears fan. And that's fine. You want to be a Justin Fields fan? Have at it. I'm a Bears fan. And if this lady walking by here right now in the Pink Nation hat, who's probably 65, if they had determined that she right. is the best person to be the quarterback, I'll disagree with their evaluation, but I'm cheering for her. Yeah. I'm a Bears fan. Ultimately, this is the thing that we have to be able to look at. You have to determine for you and your fandom, are you a Bears fan? Are you a Justin Fields fan? That's the question that is out there. And here's the reason why that's a question is because for those that look at Justin Fields, and I've said this many times, Cap, I understand the hue and cry from Bears fans saying, give Justin Fields a chance. I'm, sure, I'm surprised there's not even a hashtag on Twitter by this time. Give Justin Fields a chance. Feeling like if you just supply enough talent around him that Justin Fields and the light for him would be able to come on at some point. Cap, it doesn't work that way in the NFL today. You just don't have five to seven to nine years to try to develop someone that you think can be the guy. If there's question marks about a talent, I don't care if it's quarterback, wide receiver. I don't care if it's a defensive lineman. If you have questions about that person and you feel like this is the ceiling for this particular player, then you have to be able to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's, that's based on your evaluation as a general manager. If you feel like the asset or the player that you have on your team cannot get to another level, then you have to be able to figure it out through the draft or free agency how to replace that player. And all the numbers speak to it. We saw it right before we came on the air. Cap and I were looking over our shoulders at the big TVs. And they were talking about, guess who? Justin Fields. Yeah, it's and the lead the story on ESPN nationally every day. And what were, they, what were they talking about? They went through the numbers of Justin Fields over the last two or three seasons and how he's in the 20s and a lot of the major categories that people look at for a quarterback Correct. in the 20s. Now, again, if he had the right infrastructure, the 20s wouldn't matter. Like, okay, you know what? He's not the best quarterback, but boy, that offense is churning. You know, they run the football well. Or boy, that defense is strong. So that masks some of the issues with Justin Fields. But that's not the case, though. See, that's the thing. Whatever you see from Justin Fields, nothing else can help Fields. Nothing else can help the team. Because ultimately, with him being in the 20s, if the defense was stout, if the, if the running game was great, if he was running for a bunch of touchdowns and had a good offensive line in front of him, then we'd say, you know what? He's kind of middle of the pack, but they're winning. But that's not the case with the Bears, and that's the problem. Yeah, the interesting thing is a few weeks ago when we had Albert Breer on for Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com. He'll be on tomorrow, by the way, at 835. Albert said the talk at the Senior Bowl was the offense was not Getze's fault. It was Fields. Did he not? He did say that, and I disagree with it, but go ahead. Do you know that? I was told yesterday when Luke Getze, he had multiple interviews in multiple cities. Mm-hmm. When he got the Raiders job, he has never, till he interviewed, ever met Antonio Pierce. But his recommendations that he got came back A+. Plus. People are like, dude, it was not his fault in Chicago. He got everything he could out of Justin Fields. That's fine. I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, they can have that opinion because they know that Luke Getze is... You know, in the system, he's what part of Green Bay. You saw what happened with the Chicago Bears. When you underachieve, it's on everybody. 
True. The idea Agreed. that you're just going to push Luke Getty to the side and say, you know what? Poor Luke. Man, you went through the, the rigors of trying to be able to mold and shape and try to fix Justin Fields. Poor guy. Let's pick you up out of the mud and give you an offensive coordinator job. No, Cap. No. When you underachieve, it's on everybody. That's on Getze. That's on Eberflus. That's on Fields. Agreed. That's on the offensive line. And like, I, I know that it's snappy and easy to be able to say, poor Luke Getze. Not on you, bud. Hey, man, let's have a beer. It's on everybody when you're underachief. You, you don't just push a guy to the side and just say, that's on you, Field. It's on everything when it doesn't work. Don't disagree, but the people that think it was Luke Getzi's horrible, he had multiple teams with more than one interview with the same team. It wasn't like one team said, ah, we'll take a chance. New Orleans had two meetings with him. New England, that's two. Fine. And the Raiders ended up getting him. That's fine. So, it, 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 but that's fine. But it's just the, the 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 narrative or the thought is is that poor Luke Getzey, man. I tell you what, man. You're, I'm so so glad you're out of that Chicago thing because Justin Fields sucks. No, no. When you underachieve, it's something that Luke Getzey did not do. It's something that Justin Fields did not do. Yeah. It all works hand in hand. When you suck, you walk hand in hand in that suck. That's exactly what it is. Everybody those, those, does. Those 20s in the, in the categories for Justin Fields offensively, that belongs to Luke Getze and Eberflus and everybody in the offensive side of the football. It does. It's on everybody. Now, here's the thing. Just like Luke Getze, Justin Fields will start again in this league. Agreed. If, it's not, if not with the Bears, then with someone. Because you always get a second who is or that? third chance in this league. Who is that who rides in and takes a shot at him? Is it the Steelers? I keep hearing that. Tomlin thinks he can reach Russell Wilson and get them on the same page. So who is it that's willing to make a move? I think those are the those are the teams to me. It is New England. It is the Steelers. It's Atlanta. Those teams that need a quarterback that feel like we're going to give them a second chance. This is what will happen. No way it's the Raiders. No way. Right? Uh, I've seen stranger things. I would imagine if it's Luke Getze... He's probably saying, yeah, we worked with uh, Justin. It didn't work. Our relationship was solid, but as far as our work relationship, probably not the right guy. Let's go with O'Connell. Right. (laughs) I'll be shocked if the Raiders trade for him. Shocked. I have Raiders fans, friends that keep texting me and asking me, so we don't want Justin Fields, right? I said, yeah, you take Justin Fields, just understand who the offensive coordinator is. I mean, I don't know what they're – they might be – they might get along personally, but professionally – it's underachieving. It's underwater. We saw it here. Maybe with a different uh, set of circumstances and a different offensive line, a different system, maybe it works between those two. I would think not. That would be low on the totem pole for me. Correct. Because but, if, if the narrative that Albert was telling us that people in the league believe it was more Justin than Luke, then why would you pair them together again? I would have them low on the list. Yeah. They would be Howard to win the NCAA championship. Correct. Uh, wow. That's really low. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was thinking more like Loyola. Morehead State. The old tricky uh, 413 matchup. Is that what you're looking at? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, it, not like a 16 1. No. No. With an 11 and 18 team that happened to get hot and win their conference tournament in the MEAC. I'm talking about a team that, oh, conference champ out of the A10. They're good, but. We go to odds maker Shay Norling with more. Shay, are we going one sixteen? Are the odds for Luke Getze and Fields to come together is that as similar as uh, Maryland Baltimore County uh, winning yeah, the sixteen right. against the one? Or what about like you know Purdue last year <laughs> oh, <laughs> took the loss no. to the sixteen seed? It's not a it's not a sure thing anymore that the one's going to be the sixteen. So it seems fair. Okay, Getze had some nice things to say about Fields. Hmm. A lot of meaningful improvement. Hmm. Still in the mix. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> might, that might be the uh, the 5, what is it, the 5-10, 5 5-12 matchup. The 5-12, right? Scary. We always have a 5-12 <laughs> matchup that goes for the 12. Scary. Yeah. Scary. I, I would think the other teams that you mentioned, though, Cap, I think that they would be in the lead for that. Atlanta desperately needs something. Atlanta, Pittsburgh. Who was the third one you said? New England. New England. I also heard Seattle, potentially. Desperately, they just need a spark offensively. Now, they have Geno Smith, and they just picked up his uh, guaranteed money that he got last week, so he's not going anywhere. 
but I guess you could bring Justin in to compete with him. Justin, we just need you to run with the football and also see those tight ends out there. I, we need to hit them. We need first downs. You don't need to throw a rainbow. Just give me first downs. Hit the sticks. Just be accurate, right? Fix yeah. your accuracy, yeah. and you're right there. Agreed. It's, he's, Cap, he's not that far away. He's not that far away. The vision has to be clearer for him to be able to hit those first downs. You don't have to throw it a million miles. And we know he's got a, an arm to do that, but no one's asking you to do that. Just matriculate the ball down the field. Run with the football when you can. You know, short passes set up the long pass. Like, like that's all. It, it should be colored by the numbers for him until he can get really comfortable in an offense. That's, that's the way I see it. We're going to find with, out. With a different team, you know. But a different team if it's not the Bears. But, yeah, I, I'm very disappointed that the Hawks would draft Connor Bedard. Why would you not <laughs> trade that pick for a haul? I'm sure there's a 29-year-old needing an opportunity in another city and we can get their picks. Could you do me a favor as we go to the phone lines? Could you do me a favor? Could you just text uh, Patty Boyle? Good time, Patty Boyle. Yeah. Sure, 716 should be up. Could you ask him, was there any conversation? About the Blackhawks trading that pick. I'll text them. Right I mean, there. just like one little inkling, like a hockey news or like an Emily Kaplan. Someone, like, did someone say, hey, did the Hawks ever entertain trading that pick? I'd love to know that. Like one source, Cap. Just one. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, so here's the question we want to ask. And let's open the phone line, Shay, and let's talk about this. So... Why were we willing to believe Connor Bedard was a generational talent, but less willing with Caleb Williams? Let's talk about that, because some of you have recoiled at the idea that Caleb Williams is generational talent. But many, when it came to the Blackhawks, oh, yeah, this, this teenager, generational talent. We've heard the same about both athletes, but why not Caleb Williams? Let's talk about that and more as we move forward on the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show. Okay, it's about that time. You're tuned in to the Captain J. Hood Show. Everything ain't hardcore, you know. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Shay, Jay Moore, so Hoodie was timing me out in the hall before the show today. My wife and I were at this amazingly cool dinner last night at C- a Bar Siena. Mm-hmm. They have a Top Chef from the TV show Top Chef. He owns Bar Siena. He did a cooking class. Mm-hmm. And so it was our son and daughter-in-law, Alex and Maggie, Mindy and I. And this guy, um, Fabi- Fabio Viviani, gave a cooking class on chicken marsala. Dude, it was amazing. Anyway, we're sitting there. And I got up out of the chair. My wife's like, you think you could do that 17 times in 30 seconds? Why would I want to? And she pulls out her phone. There's an article in the New York Times that as you age, you need more than strength to age well. You need power. And if you're 60 or older, you should be able to get up to a standing position, sit back down, get up again uh, 12 to 15 times in 30 seconds. Less than age 60, 17 times. I'm I just, like, I just thought that was laughable. So here comes Hoodie. I'm out there getting water in my bottle, and here comes Hoodie. I go, do you have your phone? Yeah. Time me. I did 25 in 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I don't. that was not a contest for you at all. No. I, I said before, I, I said, you know, this is you just working out because it'd be easy to get in and out of the chair in 30 seconds. Yes. It's easy. I'm like, man, if you can't get up and down 12 to 15 times, you're over 60, you got some issues going. Yes. Now, listen, I tried it, you know, after you were done. You know, I sat there, got up one time, sat down, and fell asleep. So that's a that's But I woke me. you up and you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a problem. So yeah. it was super cool. So it's good test. It's in the New York Times. Everyone should take it. 312-332-3776, our phone number. It's so funny that we bring up because Bedard's back, and this is the parallel that we're making this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, why were we willing to believe that Connor Bedard was a generational talent? Because from Pat Boyle to all the experts in the National Hockey League, this is a, a can't miss. You've got to pick up this teenager. And it's just like, wait, from the juniors? Like, who is this guy? Connor Bedard. We're willing to believe that he was a generational talent, but less willing to believe that Caleb Williams is. It's funny how we analyze our football versus the NHL, as if people that listen to NHL commentary and expertise is like, well, these guys are from... Halifax, Nova Scotia. 
These guys are here from the, the Maritimes, Cap. They know exactly what they're talking about. I guess if he's a generational talent, I guess he is. Wait a minute. As if we're more knowledgeable about, the, about college football than we are the NHL. Right. A lot of people are just pro fans, and they're just used to their pro guys. Their guy is Justin Fields. And this is why people feel like, oh, my gosh, why are you getting rid of Justin Fields? I got his jersey. He's a great guy, and he's on his way. He's an ascending player. Mm. You know, maybe from the Bears' standpoint, he's leveled off from their standpoint. It's also a unique opportunity that you have the number one pick. By the way, I texted Boyle. He hasn't gotten back to me yet. So as soon as he wakes up, he will. Um, But Connor Bedard, 18 years old. I went back through last night when we got home from the dinner and started looking on social media. There were all these people screenshotted that people are going at him going, you wanted to trade Connor Bedard. He's too small. He's 18. It's going to take forever. Dude, the guy's a monster already in the NHL. Yes. And... If the Hawks had traded that star and we watched the next Sidney Crosby for the next 15 years and gone, we traded that dude for a haul of picks and whatever? Dumb. If if Poles does his evals mm-hmm. and he's gone underground, and that's the way it should be. Sure. You don't see him doing interviews. Nothing. He's out there just quietly going about his business. If his evaluations tell him, Connor Bedard or Jaden Daniels or Drake May. That's the guy. You draft him and you move on. Thanks a lot, Justin. We wish you all the best. Period. Before we came on the air, we got a phone call from Mike in Plymouth, Indiana. Listening on the ESPN Chicago app? Love it. Mike is with us on Captain J. Hood. Mike, good morning. Hey, morning, guys. How you doing? What's up, Mikey Mike? Oh, Cap. Jay Hood, big fan, man. Appreciate uh, you. I want to give a shout-out to my boys, Phil and Phil Otoshin and Shane Marshall on the TTNL Network. There you go. Course. There you go. Our guys. All right. Huh? Jay Hood, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think this town is falling in love with the Hall. It's always about the Hall. Bowles made one great trade, had a lot of luck in that trade, by the way. Uh, to, get another, to get another number one pick overall. Luck is when opportunity I mean, meets preparation. That's right. I mean, no, you know, nobody saw Carolina going, you know, two and whatever they were. So, look, the tape don't lie. You, you, you watch what you watch. Everybody watches the tape, right? Everybody's a tape expert nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I'm not a Justin Caleb guy. I'm a Chicago Bear fan. Thank That's you. That's what I am. And I want two things in my lifetime before I die. I'm an old man. I wanted to see a Chicago Cubs World Series. Check. Now I want to see a top five quarterback who's the face of the NFL. Leading our team down the field, Super Bowls. That's what I want. Yeah, you want to and see the Super Bowl like we want to see the Super Bowl at least one more time before you check out, Mike. That's right. I want, I want two or three or four like we should have got in the 80s. That's what I want. Hey, Mike, is Scott Skiles still around Plymouth, Indiana? Isn't that his hometown? It is. That's his hometown, yeah. He played basketball here at Plymouth High School. Yeah, it's old Scotty Skiles. Does he still live there? I think he does. How I'm about originally that? from Michigan. I'm originally from Michigan City, Laporte, Indiana. So that's where I'm originally from. There you go, Mike. We appreciate Mike, the telephone thanks, call. Scott Skiles, when asked, "How can Eddie Curry be a better rebounder?" Scott Skiles said, "Jump." Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. I loved covering Scott because I was back covering the Bulls beat a lot then. Yeah. Scott was awesome man to deal with. Joey in Lakeview on Cap and J Hood. Joey, good morning. Hey, Cap Bop, 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 bop. What's up, Joey? Watch out, fellas. Love it, guys. Love it. Hey, I was watching over the weekend a clip from the Pat McAfee show. It was regarding Jaden Daniels versus Caleb Williams. Now, we got to reset the clock on Justin. The money doesn't work. So we're going with the new guy here, right? Do you go with the guy who's more of a taller guy is what they were saying, closer to 6'6", is what they were saying, or do you go with the dynamic playability that Caleb Williams has, kind of like Patrick Mahomes, the reason they were comparing the two and why Jaden Daniels might be a little bit higher on their list is because everybody's an all-star is what they said at the NFL level. 
because you're getting the best and best each year. So it's a little harder to get around those edge rushers, linebackers, faster D linemen, etc. You, you know what, Joey? So, hold on a second. So, yeah. so Shea has been evaluating all the quarterbacks here week by week. One of the quarterbacks already you've taken a look at is Jaden Daniels. Would you agree with that assessment that Joey said? Jaden Daniels versus uh, Caleb Williams? Uh, no. I, I don't think I'd take Jaden Daniels in the top five. Like his The speed and athleticism are the reasons that he's being pumped as much as he is. Obviously, productivity, won the Heisman Trophy. Stats were absurd. Uh, but keep in mind, LSU did leave him in games to try to get him a Heisman Trophy, which is the right call by Brian Kelly. That can help with recruiting. It's a huge advantage if you can get a guy a Heisman. But that the stats get a little inflated when they left him in the fourth quarter of blowouts. And from what I've watched, when he needed to make plays in structure, quick passes, do things like quick reads, not great. Six four two ten. By the way, Six, he's a good four, player. Like yeah, solid. The athleticism is incredible. The speed, it's incredible. It's just, man, the deep ball was great when he was forty yard line or further from the end zone, and his receivers had the room to just burn somebody. Mm-hmm. But when you put him in the red zone, things got a lot tougher. Makes me nervous drafting that guy that high. Joey, we appreciate your telephone call. And uh, by the way, another week here. Uh, can you reveal who you're going to review this week? JJ McCarthy. Ah, here we go. National champion. Spoiler alert. I'm actually a little more impressed than I expected to be. We'll get to that tomorrow. He's good, man. So, Shea is evaluating all the quarterbacks as we get closer and closer to the draft. J.J. McCarthy, national champion, will be uh, on the firing squad tomorrow. How about that? So, the good and bad of McCarthy coming up. Look forward to it. And can Sparty Boy in there keep his um, bias from showing through? I think so. I believe he will. I hope so. Yes, <laughs> I believe he will. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. If you're on hold, you will be on the air as we talk to you about, again, looking at Connor Bedard and then looking at Caleb Williams. The analysis yeah, how, how is different. How could you not trade Connor Bedard for the Hall? <laughs> how are you night? not trading Bedard? How are you not doing that? Right. I mean, how, how, seriously, you could have got... 15 number ones and a bunch of 30-year-old guys. Right away, we're surrounding Philip Kurashev with a lot more talent. Damn. Bendard. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Checkmate 1-6. Landing suppression on target. That's why I see him in the shot. Shot or no shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in the shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Now time. For Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... That the ESPN bet now live in Illinois. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets with any sports book bet. We say good morning to Shea W. Norling. Good morning, boys, on a Monday. I should say, I just now thinking I should change that to our Eddie on the North Side. Hey, boys. No, no, that's hey, not, boys. On a Monday. If you're going to do that, show us a little leg. <laughs> How we doing on a Monday, boys? We're doing, we're doing just fine. Uh, a fun weekend cap for me and for you. So we're ready to go on a Monday. Ready to go. Plenty of time. Now, here's a question. I'm, I think we have more listeners than normal today. How much is this a, is a holiday for everyone else besides us? Is this an off day? Well, there's no banking. There's no mail. Oh, no mail today. I don't believe so. Wow, so the catalogs will stop coming into the Hood household for once. Yeah, the dumbest thing. I must throw 10 of them away a day. Brother, I, I just, I mean, how many magazines? Like, look, it's online. It's on your phone. You don't need the magazines. I know we're an older couple, but she doesn't need 10 magazines coming in to flip through. Dang. They're not going to be Crazy. on the cocktail table. They're not no. going to just sit there. To, like, how many magazines do you need, Cap, to look through boots and coach and everything else? It's Crazy. It's on your phone. Like yeah. when we order something, Shay, when we order something, it's not necessarily through the magazine. It's always on your phone. If we want to get something, apparel, anything else, we can just get it from a touch of a button. She's flipping through the magazine. Like, and it sometimes it just sits there. It's a waste, right? Yeah. My wife is going out of the country on Friday. Uh-oh. And guess what? Yeah, she's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Pretty cool. Really? Yeah. But guess what? Is that, I, is that what his name is? I am going to... Oh. She's going with our kids. 
goof and her sister. There to watch. Um, I am going to declutter the entire house. By yourself or you got got your helper? No, just me. What about Brett? Well, he may help. He'll be around. <laughs> Brett, I was going to say, Brett's going to be there to help. She's going to come back, and there'll be stuff gone that she won't even know was in the house. That's the thing. And every time I open up a cabinet, I'm like, you get $750,000 in here. Do we really need all these? Right. Damn. Yeah, you never know. They're going to be gone. Never know. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah, never they'll be gone. <laughs> Just wait. She's going to come in and go, oh, my God. Yeah. Because you only have a cluttered home. Cluttered mind, right? Correct. So yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say Brett was gonna help you. Someone's got to hold the bag open. Yep, he'd help you with that, right? I'm getting a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, not kidding. You, it's gonna be in the driveway. You bet. Oh my god, Cap, that's gonna be something. Cleaning out every room. <laughs> Two weeks I got, and it's gonna be like I, the house is gonna lose like like a thousand pounds. I get it. Junk. I get it. All right, Shay, I'm going to do the same when she goes out of town. Whenever that is, please. Anytime, wow. anytime now, please. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, shot or no shot. A couple of trade rumors regarding Justin Fields over the weekend. New England Patriots beat writer uh, for the Boston Globe, Doug Kide, wrote about a potential trade between the Bears and Patriots. Kide believes the Patriots could be more inclined to select a non-quarterback in the first round than choosing Drake May or Jaden Daniels with the number three pick. In that case, he thinks the the Patriots would be open to trading the third pick to the Bears for Justin Fields and number nine. Shot or no shot, the Justin the Bears would have to make that trade. Before I answer, what do you think, Shay? As a Pat, as a Pats fan, would you consider that? I would be furious. I, I would like Drake May to be the quarterback. Yeah, but, yeah. and what if he's but gone? As somebody who does this in Chicago, yeah, get it done. Are you kidding me? What we can move May's up from gone. nine to three. Yeah, I'm fine with it. But we could move up from nine to three. And get Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. The the sex appeal there alone is worth it to me. And all you got to give up is the quarterback you're giving up anyway in the ninth pick. I'm in. That's a shot. And so just to be clear, mm-hmm. Justin and nine for three. Yeah, yeah. I do that in a second. That's shot. a shot. Yeah. And Shay, if Drake May went two to Washington, you're cool with them then making that trade. Sure. Yeah, whatever. But I, but I want to get into your Patriots fandom first. I'm glad you led there first because if you're a Pats fan, you're like, this guy? Like, like how much can he move the meter? And maybe, again, if maybe with new, uh, you know, new scenery, a fresh coat of paint for Justin Fields, he's even a better quarterback in another team. I'm not rooting against him. I'm just saying from Shea's standpoint, it's like, well, you've seen what it looks like, Shea. You're open. He can be able to turn the corner. Listen, you thought the Bears had no talent on offense. Go take a look at New England. Mm-hmm. They got nothing. Yes. Nothing. Victor Kayam rolling around in his grave. Shame. He doesn't own it anymore. Huh? Victor Kayam does not own the Patriots. His family is out. He's still sad about it. And dead. Wow. And dead. Sure. And probably why he's rolling around in his grave. Riding around heaven in a Remington Razor like, <laughs> yes. on top of the right, thing. Remember exactly. that commercial? Yes. Yeah. All, all right, Shay. All right, one of the more interesting proposals I saw this weekend came from Seth Walder of ESPN. Said the Browns need to make a bold move to upgrade at the quarterback position. They could trade a second and a third round pick to get Justin Fields and his rookie contract in Cleveland. Shot or no shot, Justin Fields is an upgrade over Deshaun Watson. That's a no shot. Yeah. Lotion aside, that is a no hey! shot. Hey! That For is God's a sakes. no shot. But don't bring up the lotion. That'll is be it fine. not true? Did he All not right. have an issue with masseuses and lotion? He did. But let me just tell you. What if it was just sensual oils? Go ahead. If you left his issues aside, and he's already paid his punishment, then, yes, he's Justin is not an upgrade over Deshaun Watson. Oh, that's a no shot. And here's the thing. We go back to Deshaun Watson out of college. Cap, he had all the leadership skills. He had a cannon of an arm. He was the complete package for me as a quarterback. And then this happened. He got a hold of the Jurgens bottle. See? There it is. See, there's the analysis right there. Hi, I'm Deshaun Watson for Jurgens. Oh. Yeah. oh, my God. 
Oh, oh. Wow. Hand against skin. It's do they so still disgusting. even make Jergens? Yes, they do. You asked me that two weeks ago. Yes. I, I still don't believe it. I've never seen what it in the store. You, you, I go to Walgreens all the time. I don't see Jergens bottles. Could you? Okay. Cap, I told you that they still make Jergens. Why can't you believe Sarah it? Sarah V. There's Vaseline Intensive Care. Mm-hmm. Here's uh, Jay Moore, no, don't give him that. He's going to get it. He's going to behave wild in the studio now you hand wow. him that. Long-lasting moisture for beautifully soft skin. Brought to you Jergen's by? Jergen's Original yeah. Scent. Jergen's. Moisturizes and softens with cherry almond essence. Hand him that bottle. Moisture. We're going to find out how much self-control this guy has over the next few minutes. Wow. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh, my. There Boy. you go, Twitch. Take a look. What's there up? you go, YouTube. Okay, so now you don't have to ask me. I told you they still make Jergens. There it is right there. There's there evidence is. right there. That's there not a fever dream. That's a bottle of Jergens. That's it. And it's a good smelling kind too. Why Where'd you he... get that from, Diane? Where, where is that? Is Why that is he carrying? Yeah. ABC Seven has it. You never know. Hmm. Never know what. When you might need it. Oh, I see. Got it. <laughs> All right, Shay. <laughs> All right, NBA All Stars over the weekend. What an absolute disaster! The dunk contest was a joke. The three point contest was good, but it, that's the only thing that is anymore. Skills challenge. I've seen enough. And the game itself, we'll get to in a moment. But LeBron James. Met the media at All-Star Weekend and admitted he is beginning to think about the end of his NBA career. Listen to this. I, that many. Um, I also don't know if I will. I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? <laughs> I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus to be able to give them that moment, you know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and, you know, to give you your flowers or whatever the case may be, you know, and, and, and that seems cool. Um, but the other side of I've never been that great with um, accepting like praise, uh, it's, a, it's a weird feeling for me. Excuse me. Um, not to lie about it much, but it's just a weird feeling for me. That's a lie. Uh, yeah, that I've never been great at accepting praise, and fifty-fifty oh on whether or not he's taking a farewell tour. Shot or no shot, this guy is one hundred percent sure he's taking a farewell tour. Who is he kidding? I think that's a shot. In this generation of ball players, Cap, it's about the appreciation. LeBron James saying he doesn't like to, you know, love or accept praise. That's not true. Of course he does. Who doesn't? I mean, he's given a lot to this game. He's put a lot into basketball as well as what he's done outside the game. Of course he'd want that. He's not, he's not the wallflower that Tim Duncan was to fade off into the sunset. He will get his flowers and he'll accept them and because he deserves them. He's one of the five greatest players to ever play the sport. Yes, he deserves them. Absolutely. Hundred percent. So that is that is a shot. I'm surprised. I like him. I'm not an anti-LeBron guy. Yeah, I'm surprised he said that. As a matter of fact, um, because <laughs> you're not just going to play in a season and be like, "No, I'm, I'm just out." No, everywhere there's going to be appreciation for LeBron James. Now, here's the thing: for some of the fans, some of the uh, arenas he goes to, he's going to get booed. There's no doubt because he's a guy here that even though he may not realize it, he wears a black hat. Yes. Because of how great he is, that's number one. But number two, the freedom of movement in the league. He has led a movement in this league where players don't necessarily take the All-Star game seriously. They're their own brand. It started with Michael, but LeBron for this generation is their Michael, where he can be able to make millions and millions of dollars off the um, field of play, off the floor. So, I mean, of course he deserves his flowers. And not only that, he loves his fans a lot, so he'll probably have some type of like some after party or some meet and greet after yeah. each game. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, the, mo- the money that he'll bring into these different cities around the country, sure, he'll take his flower. Absolutely. He deserves them. Sure. Shake. Shake. All right, speaking of All-Star Weekend, I mentioned the game. What an absolute disaster. I turned it off after the first quarter. 100 points scored in the first quarter 
Nobody's trying at all. The goal was from Adam Silver to get this to a higher level of competition. They ended up with 397 points scored, a 211-186 win for the Eastern Conference. And Adam Silver even sounded annoyed at the end. Listen to this. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Shot or no shot, the NBA All-Star game is unfixable. It just is what it is. Well, that's a shot. It is unfixable. And there's there's several reasons why. First of all, number one, the All-Star game, we have to understand what it is. The All-Star game is an exhibition game. That's number one. Number two, the All-Star game was put into place to see the new stars. More so than the established veterans, it's about the new stars. And to put them on a platform for them to be able to show what they can do against the established veterans. That's what the All-Star game was put in place for. Kobe Bryant said five years ago on the Knuckleheads podcast with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, he said that for whatever reason, the off-season pickup games at the Drew, the Rucker, these other places where NBA players actually play, they're more competitive than the All-Star game. Here's what's happened, Cap. When, you, when I say, and go back to what I said earlier, how the All-Star game was out there to be able to showcase new stars, here's the thing. We know who all the stars are. So, th- so there's no need for an exhibition to be able to showcase those stars because we know who all the stars are in the league. So when I look at that, so when I think about that, Cap, when I think about it, it's just an exhibition game. I'll just speak for me as an NBA fan. You know, when I think about All-Star Weekend, it gives me time off from watching the NBA as I do every night. That's the, that's the least NBA that I watch is the All-Star Weekend because I watch the NBA every night. Think about what Kobe said on the Knuckleheads podcast. I think the All-Star game in general needs a little revamping because it used to be competitive. Yeah. It used to be competitive. And, like, you know, fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. Yeah. Like, that's what this is. They don't yeah. want to see you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy. Like, they want to see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Man. Yeah. I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. And ain't billions of people watching. For real. Definitely do. You know what I'm saying? Definitely do. They got uh, the All-Star game needs a little needs a little changing. Um, I always love competing in them. Um, I didn't lose many of them. Nah, me and CP one, used to nah, talk all the time. Like, the ones. You took it serious. Yeah, we, yeah. we went in. Like, I don't think me and CP, when we played together in the All-Star game, I don't think we've ever lost a game. So the late Kobe Bryant on the Knuckleheads podcast. So I'm just speaking for me, Cap. As a person that watches the league every night, I, I don't worry about All-Star weekend. Because for those that helicopter in that don't watch the NBA, and th- this is the one time a year they watch the NBA, that's too bad. Because what's important to me is how the play is getting better night after night, more so than just some isolated weekend. Now, the winning team, each player gets a hundred grand. The losers get twenty five thousand. Now, to you and I, a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Oh man, man, bring it on! After taxes, what's that? I don't know. 55, 60 grand at their tax level? Mm-hmm. Well, they spend that in a night in a club. <laughs> Get out of there, Silver. They spend that in a club, a bottle service, many of them. Mm-hmm. If you said we're going to give you 500000 a guy, does that change it? Nope. Because I watched over the weekend, Larry Bird was doing an interview about when he played in All Star games. He said, It was a war, man. We wanted to win, we weren't getting paid. That was my pride. I wanted to go out and dominate the other side. So does I don't how much money has to be at stake before they care? Because last night was pathetic. Uh, that horse is out of the barn. Players will never care about the game like yep. they did back then because of how much money that every player on the floor is a star or the, or a superstar. The baseball all star game they take it fairly serious. Yeah, you don't want to get hit with a baseball. You better right. take it they, seriously. They're also they're not diving for fly balls in the All Star game. They're not like baseball. There's only so much you can do. Like basketball, you can literally just not play defense. You can take possessions off. You can launch from half court. Like Luca, you can launch from three quarter court. It's just, they're never going to care about it because the injury risk outweighs everything. You're never going to give them enough money to offset injury risk, and they realize now that. They don't have to play that hard in this game. It's a total exhibition. You could, you could, you could thank the owners and the players and um, the way basketball is for the kind of exhibition that you saw out there. You could thank them all because with well, how much money that they're making, Cap, it doesn't matter. That's why I don't watch. 
Now, you, again, I'm a diehard NBA guy, but I don't watch it because if I want to see basketball take it seriously, I turn on the regular season or I turn on the playoffs or I turn on the finals. That's where good basketball is. But yeah. when people helicopter in, they haven't watched. All, this is just terrible basketball. What do you expect? What can be done to fix it, though? Nothing. There is no answer. I know that's not good on sports radio, but there is nothing that can be fixed. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right, coming up, we go around the NFL. Jesse Rogers on baseball at 835 on Cap'n J. Hood. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Cap'n J. Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? We're going around the National Football League here on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Baseball conversation with Jesse Rogers coming your way at 835. Around the NFL, here's Shane Orley. All right, there's a tiers list up ESPN.com today from Jeremy Fowler. I want to take you through it. It goes, it's the NFL overhaul tiers. Okay. From perennial contender to perennial rebuilder. Here we go. Okay. In the yep, still rebuilding tier, way at the bottom, the Arizona Cardinals. The New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. Yep, still build, uh, rebuilding. Way at the bottom, those yeah. three teams. Am I wrong to think that the Bears don't belong here? Depends on what the next tier is. Right. That right. was going to go there, and it's the Bears, the Arizona Cardinals, and who? The, uh, the New York Giants. Giants. Okay. okay. Giants. The okay. Giants, okay. The ball. Okay. So, all right, here's the next tier. Go ahead. Next tier is rebuild in the works. Uh-huh. The way I'm looking at this is teams that are starting right now or haven't even started yet. Carolina and Tennessee. Oh, man. Okay. Tennessee uh, and Carolina don't belong in the same tier. Uh, Tennessee is going to be really bad. Really bad. You you really are into that uh, that quarterback, that banana peel-eating quarterback. I'm not into him. I'm just saying I don't think they're as bad as Carolina. I mean, you had Tampa up the track, and they made it to won a playoff game. So should the Bears be in that last category or rebuild in the works? Would you agree with either one of those two? Let me hear the next one. All right. Next one, Shay. New coach, new direction. Obviously, the Bears aren't going to fit in here. That's it, Cap. That's it. (laughs) We don't get that. Nope. Vegas and the Chargers are in this tier. New coach, new direction. Obviously, Harbaugh and Antonio Pierce. Okay. Okay. Uh, This could go either way tier. Absolutely. Without knowing the others, that's where the Bears belong. I'll tell you the two teams in here. The New York Jets and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Yeah, I think that's how we felt about the Saints uh, last season. With Derek Carr. I mean... I thought, and I was wrong, I thought that Carr with a new address would be better. Just like, okay, he's away from the Raiders and all that, you know, inferior offensive line. Okay, now he'll be in a, be in a new system, new address. Hasn't worked out. Hasn't worked out. I don't think it will work out, as a matter of fact, with Carr. It just, it just, and he had a pretty good year last year. Yeah. Either way with the Jets, huh? So even with the healthy Rodgers, either way. So would that mean seven wins or ten wins? I think there's a world where it's a disaster. I think it's more likely to be good than bad, but there is a world where it's a disaster. All right, so are you either way with the Bears? Either, Well, I mean, if you take Caleb, we think he's going to be really good. We hope he is. No you idea. stick with Justin, we have no idea. Yeah, that, that tier is intriguing to me. Let me hear the next tier. Okay. All right, the next tier is stuck in quarterback purgatory. It's crowded. Atlanta, Denver, New England, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Well, purgatory also means to me that this is who you are and you can't get out of it. Yeah, I, th- that was my thinking, too. Like, I think my issue is mostly with the name of it because I think Atlanta has a way to get out if they go. And maybe it won't work, but you could acquire fields. You, there are other guys you could get. I think New England has a way out. They have a top three pick. Washington's picking two in the draft. They have a way out. I get it with Pittsburgh, and I get it with Denver a little more. 
I don't like the name of that category. I do not. Purgatory, when we think about that, we immediately think about the Bulls. Right? So in the NBA. Like this is who you are. You're not you haven't made a move well, in you 30 don't have months. A path. Well you haven't made a, you well you haven't created one. You haven't made a move in 30 months. And so you're stuck where you are. Correct. And so for Atlanta, Denver, I don't like that for New England. Second purgatory, there's a way out. Washington, there's a way out. If you're able to get the quarterback right in the draft. I just don't like the name of the category. It should be called something else. Okay. What's next? Stuck in the middle, but a move or two away. Bears. That could be intriguing. This is where I think the Bears actually fit. Indianapolis, Minnesota, and Seattle are in this tier. And I think the Bears should be in this tier. Okay, compare the Bears cap to Seattle, Minnesota. I'm not sure if Cousins is back next year. We don't know the steel question marks there. I think the Bears have a way brighter future than those other two teams. Indy, for sure. With Richardson coming back healthy. He's a good player. That's an intriguing one. Trending in the right direction. I actually don't know that Indy belongs there either. The, The Bears are ahead of Minnesota and Seattle. I... Seattle? Yeah, you're ahead of no. Seattle. You just stole their offensive coordinator. They yeah, don't have a coach, but well, Mike McDonald's team. Whatever his name is, Mike, Mike McDonald. Minnesota? Is that a middle, uh, stuck in the middle? Wait, I mean, are you still stuck in the middle if Cousins isn't there? I don't think you are. Well, then you're rebuilding, unless you're able to make some bold move to go get Drake May. Yes. And I don't see that happening, but maybe. That's my question with them is, like, what is the move or two that they can make? They, Their choice right now is do we want to commit $75 million over the next three years to two players? And you don't want to do that. Absolutely not. If you can help it. Like, what move can they make to supplement the roster? They have to make decisions with the core of it. I think they're in a way more difficult position than people are saying. That's more than the middle. That's worse than the middle. So what's the next category? Headed on the right track. Bears? I think you could make an argument the Bears fit here as well. There's a lot yeah. of teams in here. Cleveland, Green Bay, Houston, Jacksonville, the Rams, and Tampa Bay. The Bears should be in there. Those are playoff teams, sir. How do you have Tampa Bay headed on the right track? They don't even know if they're getting Baker back. Uh, but I headed on the right track, though. Well, not if they lose Baker Mayfield. Say they don't. If they're they the, keep him? They're in the mix. They're in the mix if they keep him. I think that Shea just laid, laid out for you six playoff teams next year. That includes Jacksonville. Fair? I wonder on Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa, I just don't. I, even if they get Baker back, I don't know if they're going to repeat what they did this year. Maybe. Ram- Rams are that. I'm going to click the Rams. Are the futures out yet, NFL? That Rams uh, team. No. That Rams team, Shay. All of a sudden now, a little bit more attractive. You know, the lights are starting to come up at the bar. It's one thirty in the morning. All of a sudden, a little bit more attractive than I saw earlier. The Rams? Mm-hmm. Great coach. Mm-hmm. Stand out at quarterback, even though he's aging. He's still really good. Be careful now. Nakua. Yeah. Cup. Higby, although he got hurt. Aaron Donald. Uh, Kyron Williams. That team's good. Shay, when we walked in at 9.30, not as attractive. Now it's 1.30. Ooh. Really cute now. Really young defense, too. A couple of drinks. <laughs> I think she's actually cute at 9.30. Still dark, though. It's a lot of talent on that <laughs> team, man. But at 1.30, though, a little bit more attractive than I thought before. Wasn't sure at the beginning of uh, last season. Yeah. This season? This offseason? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, kid. Pretty good, kid. Do you have one more? Uh, there's three more. I'll just okay. bunch them all together. Teetering contenders is Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Bears? I think Philly belongs there. Cincinnati, I think, is legit. Yep. Uh, need a postseason breakthrough. Buffalo, Dallas, Miami. I don't imagine there's any argument. They do need to win in the playoffs. Agreed. And then the serious contenders category, the top of the top, Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City, and San Francisco. The final four. I would agree with that. Come on, Baltimore. Prove it. Let's go. Yeah, Baltimore and San Francisco have moved into prove-it territory for me. I think the cap sheet for both teams is going to get a little interesting. Come on, Baltimore. You got a two-time MVP. Awesome. Now, what about as a team? Going to get there, or are you just a bridesmaid? This is not all on Lamar. This is just on the team in general. Let's go. It's not all Lamar's fault. Let's go. Lamar had a great year. Let's see. You know? All right. 
We will have uh, Jesse Rogers with the latest on the Cubs and Sox and everything else MLB. Jesse oh from the desert coming up next. Oh, boy. As we have our sparring session coming up next on Cap and J-Hood.